Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Jennifer Rubenstein came to be the publisher and co-owner of Edible Indie. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana-owned, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Find local at indianaowned.com. Jennifer, it's so good to see you in person. I love seeing you. You know, we're just such highs in the sky oh together. Oh my gosh. I feel like before the pandemic, we saw each other all the time and it has just been too long and too infrequent since then. And I'm so happy to welcome you to the All Indiana Podcast Network studio. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. I love it. So we have, you know, radio and TV. And now we're bringing in the magazine. Yes. For those that are not familiar with Edible Indie, which I don't know how that's even possible, Tell us about the magazine and what makes it so special. You're so sweet. Um, So we are a quarterly publication. And uh, as you said, we're Edible Indie. You can also find us on EdibleIndie.com. And we have lots of followers on Instagram and Facebook. And we really focus on telling stories of the artisans, the local growers, the local producers, the farmers, the you know, restaurant, tiers, the chefs, the food, anything that really sparks a local love. And we really tell everyone that it's really important for me to share. We are a really positive magazine that really wants to advocate for not only the food movement, but also the clean and sustainability movement. So a lot of people ask us, oh, are you a you know, a reviewer um, of restaurants. And that is absolutely not what we do. We really like to tell the story. Um, And I think the best way to sum it up is if you ever read Reader's Digest or watch CBS Sunday Morning News, we like to kind of bring everything in together on that particular platform to say that's what we are. We're just telling good stories. I'd like to make a comment, too, that your magazine is so beautiful. (laughs) I'm on page 23 of, is this a spring issue that I'm looking at? I'm on page 23 of the spring issue. It's flower power, and it has gorgeous drawings and watercolors of some beautiful flowers. I want to take this out and frame it. It is so pretty. Talk about what goes into creating something like this, because it's obviously not just thrown together. I mean, this is curated. The stories are so well written. It is just like... I don't know. I mean, I think this, I've seen this one before too. This is, um, what was this from originally? We actually did it several years ago and the spring issue was a, it's called Sweet Recollections. And so we actually just sort of brought to the forefront some of our favorite pieces. And that particular piece, Flatland Kitchen actually had designed and illustrated that. And they are a local company who's done like Milk Tooth logo Mm -hmm. and they've done multiple other really beautiful creations. And so we just wanted to illustrate these edible flowers and, You know, there's a lot that goes into it. I think a lot of people talk about the paper that we use. We tend to have a really raw and organic feel because we don't put any sort of a coating on our paper. And so it looks a little less saturated. It feels really good. And we like to tap into the senses. So we really... You know, we really look at that. We like to say we're a hug from the inside out. You want to read us from cover to cover, and you want to frame things. You want to upcycle. We have a card maker here locally that literally takes our pages of our magazines, and she creates cards and beautiful illustrations out of our our paper. 
but it's a lot. You know, I mean, we have to sit down and we have to theme and arc out every single issue. We have to go through what are we editorially going to run because we don't do paid content. Um, and so that's really super important to us to make sure that people know it's earned media. Let's talk about, let's clarify that. So you don't necessarily have to say what other magazines are doing earned media, but explain to people what, what that is. So with us, when we sell advertising, sometimes there's sponsored content, meaning that they're telling their, their story or they're giving information, but it's always recognized as sponsored content. You can find this information at this particular person's business. Um, but there are a lot of publications out there who they, they actually get paid to put people on their cover or they get paid to do featured stories and we do not do that at all. We really seek out people who are not necessarily always in the forefront or that deserve because they're maybe a little, they're a little quieter, they're smaller, but that's the difference between being paid and us really working with somebody on an earned side, meaning that they've earned the right for us to tell the story for free. How long have you been publishing this now? We will celebrate nine years in September. I feel like you latched on to the local food trend before it was trendy, right? We, Indiana owned just turned eight on May 15th. So it's, you know, kind of, you know, right along those same lines, we've both kind of seen what's happened in the marketplace and seen what's happened in the city of Indianapolis becoming really a food hub. But you were there before everybody else was. Yeah, it's sort of funny because when we bought the magazine, my husband always likes to say we bought a zoo. Because print was, you know, we, print was sort of dead at that mm-hmm. that point in time. But what we've recognized is is it's not, and it's something that people do love. It's tangible. But you're right. We sat down, and when we first did the first magazine, we started looking at farm-to-table restaurants, and we probably could nail down maybe 10 that were – talking about using local ingredients and local farms. And same with the Farm Market Guide. When we first started the Farm Market Guide, in central Indiana, we could only find 25. Now we have, I think there's over 400 Mm -hmm. farm markets across the state. And really that farm to table, it's, um, it's a kitschy word. It's really not, it doesn't really mean anything anymore because everyone and every restaurant says they're farm to table. But you see restaurants putting local farmers, producers, um, right on their menu, and they talk about it. And it is a very common thing. And one of the things that I love most about that is I found out, this is a little quick story, that St. Elmo's was and probably still is the biggest buyer of Indiana tomatoes, but they've never really promoted that. But they behind the scenes, they're like, yes, we buy more tomatoes than any other restaurant in the state because we utilize local. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you're finding, is you're finding even if it's not on the menu, there are people working really hard behind the scenes to be Indiana. What makes you so passionate about this? You're you're not originally from Indiana, right? Didn't you move here? So I, I, I mean, you're a Hoosier. We're going to claim a Hoosier. Hoosier. claim you a Hoosier, as a Hoosier. I was born in Colorado, but I okay. only spent three years in Colorado. Okay. But for the most part, I'm from Indiana. I graduated high school from Michigan, but I mean, I grew up in Goshen, Indiana. Okay. So okay. I'm I'm you know I I do call myself a Hoosier, but you know I grew up 
where we were a meat, potatoes, and vegetable type of a family who grew our own vegetables. My father hunted. That's, you know, we were, we did it out of necessity more than anything. And I just really loved it. I loved local. I loved going on road trips where my mom and I would go and find, you know, a little backcountry gladiola farm where we could buy gladiolas or we could find a little Amish bakery that was on the side of the road that only took cash. Those are things that to me always were really adventureful and just, it was a journey. And so when I bought, when we bought the magazine, we said we really wanted to make a legacy for our children. We really wanted to have fun. We wanted to advocate and educate. And I wanted to be able to showcase people who otherwise maybe don't get that chance. Did you always want to own a magazine? I mean, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a vet. Okay. Um, but I, I have always been writing. And so it was a passion. I, in fifth grade, I won a, and a, I won a big prize in Goshen for an essay that I wrote. And my grandmother always said, you know, you need to be a writer. I think that you, you really, that's your passion. And so, um, it, it, you know, owning a magazine, no, but I, I've also always been in advertising and the media really since out of college. And that was my degree. I wanted to be a vet when I was in high school. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then I saw the blood in the guts and the, the sadness of it. And I said, nope, I just don't think that maybe that's what I want to do. I want to help people in a different way. And so advertising and marketing has been kind of my passion because you get to see, you get to see what you create and you get to help people along the way to really produce something that is cool. Jennifer, what motivates you to keep doing what you're doing now? Honestly, it's it's probably people like you um, and other people who tell me how much this means to them. You know, I have bad days just like everyone else, and I have one of the things that I've learned is with the magazine, I've only in nine years ever had one person ever email me and say something negative about the magazine. And truthfully, it was because we ran an entire hemp um, an entire hemp story for the full year. And they, I don't think that they quite understood that we were talking about hemp and not cannabis mm -hmm. and that there's a difference there. And so I was like, okay, then we're just not for that person. We can't be for everyone. But the motivation comes when I do hear, oh, this is so beautiful. Oh, we are so excited that you have done this story. Or we even get a, a simple gratitude letter written in the mail. I mean, we've we've gotten several handwritten letters over the years that just are thanking us for what we're doing. That is meaningful to me. Coming up, the challenges and successes Jennifer has had along the way and what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Local Matters is brought to you by IndianaOwned.com, where you'll find our members that are business owners who want you to know that they live here, work here, and play here. They're the business owners donating food to shelters, sponsoring the Little League teams, and employing hundreds of thousands of people in our state. Every business on IndianaOwned.com falls into one of two categories. They're either an original, meaning the company is Indiana-owned and operated, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain, or they are a franchise friend, meaning the franchise is Indiana-owned and operated, the owner lives here in Indiana, and is engaged in our community. When you see the Indiana-owned badge, you know you are supporting a local business. And we like to make shopping simple for you as well at our sister company, Indiana.Gifts. Every product you see on there from the coffee mug to the scarf to the candle is made by an Indiana-owned company. Take your picks. 
send a gift to yourself or send it to a friend and know that you are supporting local along the way. And we want to thank you for supporting local too. Use the discount code LOVELOCAL at checkout and we'll give you 10% off just to say thank you. We've been chatting with Jennifer Rubenstein, who started her business, Edible Indie, in 2013. Jennifer, what's been the hardest part about being a business owner? Oh, wow. I think being a business owner is hard just in general across the board because you never shut it off. Um, You know, when you go to a job that you don't own, a lot of times you can shut that off on the weekends or the nights. But truly, you know, for me, I'm driving down the road and I'm looking at billboards or I'm seeing people on the street or I'm seeing a roadside stand. You know, you just never, ever turn yourself off. You're always constantly thinking what is going to differentiate your business and what is going to take you into the next um, part of your success. And so I think that that's really hard. I also kind of going back to an early conversation that you and I had when people aren't gracious and they don't show gratitude, that can really put me in a Debbie Downer type mood (laughs) because I feel like we do so much for so many people and never charge them. And, And when people don't say thank you, I'm a huge advocate of kindness and gratitude will get you anywhere and everywhere with me. But when you don't ever recognize or don't ever say thank you, I'm pretty much going to write you off at some point in time. I think that's fair. Yeah. It can only take so much. I think it's a lesson that we learn as we get older. It's kind of that unapologetic no. Like, no, I don't don't need you. Um, I don't need anyone, truthfully. I don't need anyone, but I need everyone, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Is there something you do differently knowing what you know now? Is there something I would do differently... In your business. In my business. I probably wouldn't, you know, when we first started, and I think you can appreciate this too, you want to give away kind of the entire cow (laughs) because you're just trying to leverage yourself and to prove yourself. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it now because what I did is I undervalued myself. And, you know, I think with a lot of businesses, we feel like we have to discount or we have to give away our ideas, our thoughts. And so if I could go back nine years, I would take that first two years and I wouldn't do that. And I think that I probably would feel better about myself and I wouldn't have had the stressors that I had. But on the same side, you know, I gained a lot of really powerful relationships and partners that I'm still partners with because I did go above and beyond. And those people are still my partners because they were gracious and they were kind and they were thankful. But I did cut some people loose. Let me ask you this. Do you think we as business owners undercharge because we undervalue ourselves or because we think others undervalue us? I think we have the thought process that others undervalue us because we're not as confident in ourselves, even though I know you and I are both, we come across as super confident and in, in our business and in our personal lives. But, but there is a part of me that still kind of goes back to that little kid that says, I, oh, I'm not worth it or, you know, we're two women sitting here or that I'm a woman and I am not as valuable as what 
my counterpart might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's where the age sort of, you know, people have always said like after 40, after 50, like, again, you start, you stop apologizing for who you are. It's wisdom. Yeah. Right. I think, I think that's what wisdom is. You have to go through it to get to the other side. And when, once you're on the side, you see, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, that mm-hmm. is not what I experienced is not how it really even happened. Exactly. Right? What's been the most rewarding part about being a business owner? Not necessarily like running your business, but being a business owner. I would say just the ability to have flexibility in my schedule. I have two young daughters who are 12 and 9, and I have been able every day to get them on the bus or to take them to school, to get them off, even when they were smaller. And so that gives me that that ability. And we also have had a lot of really good, positive things that we get to do, like travel, and we get to experience some things as a business owner um, that we wouldn't do if we worked for someone else. And so the flexibility and just the ability to be there um, my father-in-law passed away two years ago in September, and, you know, I was able to literally be working out of the hospice center and be there versus being in an office. So that's what being a business owner for me has really allowed me to, to work on. Jennifer, what would you tell others that want to start their own business? What do you want them to know? Research, research, research. Make sure that you have a business plan. Make sure that you talk to people. Um, You know, I have several people who have come to me, and I have turned them on to other Indiana business owners who are willing and able to almost be a mentor. And I think that that is really, you know, don't hold your knowledge to yourself. Try to give back to others. I wish I would have been able to sit down and talk to a publisher or somebody that's in the industry to really talk about, okay, what do I need to look for? What is going to be my headaches? What can I avoid? Because that's really, if you just talk to certain people, there are a lot of avoidable mistakes that we do in our business if we just have that knowledge. So knowledge is power. And so that's what I would say is research, 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 and have confidence in yourself. I thought you were going to say, and have coffee. I'm like, yes, yes, always have or coffee. Or wine. <laughs> coffee, wine. Jennifer, why does supporting local and being known as Indiana-owned matter to you? Well, I'm an Indiana publication. You know, it's we talk about how much money goes back into the economy over and over again on our website, on our social media. We have the ability to support local and actually help send people's kids to school to get them braces. You know, when somebody advertises with us, that money literally goes into my pocket. It goes back into my pocket where I can actually live on and I can do really good things with. I'm not saying that, you know, when we go to Starbucks that that doesn't help somebody, but the reality of it is, is it helps Starbucks. You know, that's that's what the reality of it is, where supporting local really does make a difference for many, many families. And I also think that community matters. I think that when you're supporting and you're rising and lifting each other up locally, you're just going to have a much better network. And I think more business will come to you when you do those type of things. Well, and you're doing good things with the money too. You have a foundation that I want to talk about. Tell us a little bit about that. 
So we spun off five years ago, the Edible Indie Foundation. My husband and I, for, gosh, we're going on 16 years, we have produced a golf outing every year at the Golf Club of Indiana, and it has benefited the Epilepsy Foundation of Indiana. My husband had epilepsy as a child, and it's become pretty passionate for us, and Five years ago, well, actually six or seven years ago, we said, you know, we really need to make sure that we control where that money goes and make sure that it's allotted properly. And so we spun off the Edible Indie Foundation. And what we do is we do this golf outing and we raise money for 30 families that are affected by epilepsy for an all expense paid um, trip to Scottsville, Kentucky for the Center for Courageous Kids. And it's a medical camp that they really bring people in. They have beautiful dorms, sort of mattresses. I mean, and everybody has their own bathroom. Every family has their own bathroom. They provide all of the activities. They provide individual help for each family. So it allows these families to be able to actually have a respite and the parents to actually have a break. And these individuals also have opportunities to horseback ride, to swim, to putt-putt, to do archery, and to be with people who are like them. And so they feel for a weekend that they're, they're less burdened and that maybe they're around people who are just like them and that it can be normal for them and they can see that they're not so different. Um, and so that's really a huge passion for us. And right now, we've raised enough money to continue that camp through 2026. And so our goal is obviously to just keep doing it. And uh, yeah, that's it's a beautiful camp, and we're really excited about it. Well, it's incredible. Make sure to keep us updated on how we can support you on Thank that. You. And besides IndianaOwned.com, where do we find out more about you, and how do we support your business? EdibleIndy.com. You can follow us on social media, and it's just EdibleIndy. Um, pick us up. At, we've, we're all over central Indiana in 60 or 70 different locations of mostly local retailers um, who support us. And honestly, we run on advertising and partnerships. Um, we, we really are looking for more partners. And if you feel like you can benefit from us, we would love to do that. But also make sure that you just read us, follow us, go on our website. We have thousands of recipes and thousands of archived stories that aren't in the publication because we are quarterly. So we would welcome anything. And if you want to be a part of our golf outing, it's in September and we have people like Cunningham and Roosters and Hughes Culinary, and they're all going to be doing tastings on the course and we need golfers. Fun, <laughs> fun. Sign me up. Jennifer Rubenstein, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters, and thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. Thank you, Mel. You're doing amazing, too, so thanks for everything you do. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana-owned and Indiana Gifts. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about why Local Matters at indianaowned.com, and if you're an Indiana business owner, Join our community at indianaowned.com slash apply. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Owned, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Find local now at indianaowned.com.